0: this is bonded by bourbon
1: a podcast where two extremely different friends bond over their favorite beverage bourbon
0: we may debate with each other frequently but we can always agree about our bourbon
1: each episode will feature a different cocktail bourbon tasting series or sometimes we'll step outside of the box
0: we live in baton rouge louisiana and we're excited to bring our louisiana background to our bourbon
1: stick around for bonded by bourbon
0: Today, we're talking Bourbon Heritage Month.
1: September is Bourbon Heritage Month.
0: We'll talk about the history of the Bourbon Heritage Month and interview our good friend, Austin Dupree of the Bourbonarian Podcast.
1: Stick around for Bonded by Bourbon. Welcome to the second episode of Bonded by Bourbon. I'm Corey. I'm David. And we're here today to talk to you about Bourbon Heritage Month, which is the month of September.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, Honestly, it's probably my favorite month of the year. Maybe December because, you know, Christmas, but Mm. this is a pretty big month for me.
1: Well, um, I think it's definitely in my top three, but I don't know if I would say favorite. Sorry. That's fair. Okay, so um, today we we have some exciting things coming up for you guys, but first I want to talk about um, something you might have noticed that's a little bit different in this episode compared to last episode, and what would that be, David?
0: Well, Corey, um, <laughs> to put it lightly, we had to do a slight name change. Yes. We um, started out as Bonded and Bourbon, and of course, I thought Corey was going to look up and see if there was the name Bonded I mean, Bonded in and Bourbon. And, and I
1: thought David was going to look up and see if the name Bonded in Bourbon already existed.
0: And of course, neither of us did it. So,
1: And Bonded in Bourbon already exists.
0: So now we are bonded by Bourbon, which is honestly fitting more for us. Because even though we are, you know, I mean, the, that kind of actually made me really upset. at Corey for a good day or two, but got over it. And now <laughs> we're bonded by Bourbon yet again.
1: That's fair. And, you know, next episode, I think we could talk a little bit about How we became friends and why it works. I would
0: love to do that. I mean, you are my best friend after all.
1: Uh, You're my best friend, David. So, not to get gushy.
0: Yeah, not to get too gushy. But anyway, so as we said, you know, we are the Bonded by Bourbon podcast and we're talking about National Bourbon Heritage Month. So, how Bourbon Heritage got started was uh, back in August of 2007. um, Senator Jim Bunning from Kentucky pushed forward a resolution to pass in the Senate um, to recognize September as a National Bourbon Heritage Month. Basically, what that means is they wanted to recognize bourbon as America's native spirit. So uh, that's what this is. It's the whole month we're just celebrating bourbon. We're celebrating the native spirit. And we're reinforcing the 1964 Act by Congress, which designates that as such
1: most years there's some festivities in kentucky during september barge town's got a great one some other cities do um things to celebrate the month but you know this year it's a little different with covid and everything being virtual but september is a, it is it's a great month beginning of fall in louisiana we don't have much of a fall it stays to be about 80 degrees every day until let's call it late october perhaps perhaps if we're lucky, <laughs> if we're lucky. um but you know we can live vicariously through our friends in the northern part of the south For and sure. um you know those who get to enjoy fall colors weather changes pumpkin spice. Yeah.
0: And what's another cool thing too is that they adjust uh, with distilleries a lot of people well here's the thing, that some now before like the Burma Renaissance of the last ten years, distilleries were actually taken off most of August and then September for their turnaround to clean to get everything nice and ready. Oh, so I they, didn't know that, David. That's a little something I read from Chuck Cowdery one day. Um but so normally the second half of September is when they started back up and that's a real fun time to be at a distillery right as they're starting distilling again um but unfortunately with the renaissance and just like the demand their turnarounds are so much less and less um but that's one of the reasons it's not one of the reasons why it's in september but it was a nice little throwback to the fact because they have all the festivals so your your amount of visitors are so much more and it's just a cool thing that they're starting production back up again
1: very but. interesting So, um, as you guys know, David and I are both um, members. David is the founding member of the Bourbon Society of Baton Rouge. And today we're having another member on. Um, His name is Austin Dupree. Um, I did pronounce his name incorrectly in the segment, as you guys will hear. Yes, you did. So sorry about that. But I have to tell you that um, names in Louisiana are quite tough for us outsiders. Um, For example, one of my favorite names that is so weirdly pronounced here that it's a pretty common name in the rest of the u.s is the name spelled h e b e r t normally pronounced hebert in the rest of the country and how is it pronounced here david a bear a bear
0: yep that was weird i um i definitely went on a date with a hebert back in texas way back when i was like (laughs) 16 sweet girl um but I came here and I saw uh, one of my dad's co-workers was Dr. Bear. met them like the first week we moved here and she's they're like hi I'm Dr. Hebert and I was like hey, Bear? I thought your name was Hebert and they all thought I was like the dumbest person in the room and I was like I'm sorry I don't know these weird Louisiana names
1: there are some real unusual pronunciations here and I struggled with some of them Ponchatoula Chopatulis, which um Contrary to popular belief, outside of Louisiana, starts with a T, not a C. Um, and actually, there's a, a city in, in Louisiana called, it's pronounced Lafayette. Um, but in Kentucky, where I'm from, and also a town in Indiana, uh, is spelled the exact same way and pronounced Lafayette.
0: Yes, it is. That's actually one of the really cool things. And it comes also back to the history and the way we settled and that kentucky and indiana and louisiana have very some similar names even though pronunciations are totally different because you had the mississippi was the binding factor between the two you had a lot of settlers that started out and the at the the great midwest of kentucky tennessee that came down the mississippi and landed in here so we share a lot of the same names so we have very different pronunciations
1: so uh david you were once a history major were you not
0: I mean, I wasn't once. I do have a history degree.
1: <laughs> so um, that explains why we've got a little bit of a history nerd on our hands. But it's very interesting. I will agree. Thank
0: you. I mean, and I'm not a little bit of a history nerd. I'm a big bit of a history nerd. It's true. Uh, it's take more, him to
1: trivia for the history categories.
0: It's more bourbon history at this point, though. Let's be serious.
1: <laughs> okay. So I guess up next, guys, uh, stick around. In a moment, we'll have Austin... Dupree coming on with Bourbon Earring, the podcast, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about Bourbon Heritage Month. All right, everyone. Um, today we've got Austin Dupree with Bourbon Earring Podcast. podcast, uh, formerly uh, it's called Bourbon in College, right? Um, Austin is here today to talk to us about. Our favorite thing about september which is that it's bourbon heritage month um and austin's going to talk to us about the challenge that we uh the self-imposed challenge that we do during september to celebrate this heritage month austin welcome to the show
0: thank you thanks for being here Austin. we appreciate it
2: i oh, love to be here i'd love to Love to drink in the middle of the day. (laughs) Hey, it is afternoon,
0: so that counts on a Sunday.
1: (laughs) David, do you want to tell us what you've uh, poured us to uh, begin this discussion?
0: Of course. So today we're actually drinking Maker's Marks, limited release from 2019, last year. This is the RC6. So Austin is a big Maker's fan. We actually had the Maker's 101 hit Baton Rouge this week. So I figured let's do what Austin likes, and that's why we're drinking the Maker's. So.
2: I'm a big makers fanboy.
0: You should be. I mean, it's I mean it's the original of like the high end stuff. So I mean, it's awesome. Anyways.
1: So Austin, what is Bourbon Heritage Month?
2: So bourbon heritage month, excuse me, is uh, takes place in the month of September, and it is celebrating America's native spirit, which is bourbon. Uh, I believe it was 1964 that the original resolution to make bourbon, America's native spirit, passed. And then September is the month they chose to celebrate that.
1: That is some serious heritage.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so exciting that we actually have a full month to celebrate and drink bourbon. Not that we need a reason to, but it's glad that it's official. <laughs> so
2: It's a nice excuse to drink every day.
1: Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. So speaking of that, um, how are you commemorating this month?
2: So you kind of mentioned it earlier, we're doing a 30 days of bourbon challenge. Uh, Basically, I'm drinking a different bourbon every day. And by different, I mean, I'm trying to keep it uh, different names, maybe the same distillery. But for example, I'm not drinking two different types of Elijah Craig in the month. So I'm trying to keep it very different, which, you know, I have... A collection that's growing, uh, but it's still difficult to find 30 separate bourbons. So uh, what I'm doing, I'm doing a quick uh, IGTV review of each of uh, every day. So they come out around 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon every day. Um, but a lot of people, you know, just posting what they're drinking, kind of giving them some quick thoughts about it. And it's a fun thing to do as a group.
1: So that brings me to my next question. Is the, is the 30 days of bourbon in Austin Dupree thing, or is it a nationwide thing, a Kentucky thing?
2: So I've seen it all over the place, but the big push in the group that I'm talking about is with the Baton Rouge Bourbons. I'm sorry, the Bourbon Society of Baton Rouge. I'm going to get this mistake. right. Rookie mistake. I'm <laughs> going to get it right one day. Be sober. And if you listen to my podcast, I talk about them extensively. And uh, as you know, David is the president. And it is a fantastic group. We uh, we talk about what we drink every day. And, you know, it's, it's a lot more of an in-depth discussion than just me talking about it on to you on IGTV.
0: Yeah. So, if you wanted to, just like Austin was saying, we started it, what we're doing is pushing for the Be Sober Bourbon 30. That's a hashtag in front of that. And all our members have been posting on Instagram, Facebook, using that hashtag. And we've... I mean, I think we've had about 30 to 40 members consistently posting every single day what they're drinking. Our livers are in serious danger at this point, but it's been a lot of fun so
2: far. Yeah, it's when they said 30 days of bourbon challenge, I was like, oh, this is not a challenge. The hardest part is figuring out what to drink. No, it's becoming a challenge (laughs) to drink this every day, but it's (laughs) a fun challenge for sure.
1: So we're about halfway through the month. What has been your most notable or exciting, memorable bourbon that you've had so far? Something that you've really liked?
2: Well, I go back to what I'm considering my favorite bottle right now, and it's Old Forester 1910. And it's just I hadn't I haven't had it in a while. Before uh, I had it on the what's to what's the day as we're recording. I'm having it today, September 13th. Uh, and it just surprised me, all, again, that it is, it's fantastic. And for the price, it's hard to find, but for the price, I think it's probably the best bottle out there right now.
0: That's a bold statement. I mean, it's definitely one of my top favorites. Um, the Old Forster 1910 and the 1920, I think, are both pound for pound some of the best you can buy. But unfortunately, for our Louisiana folks, you can't buy it in Louisiana because they don't distribute it here. Texas, it's everywhere. We've actually had several of our Texas members bring it over for us which is totally legal because they're gifts. Um, but definitely <laughs> um, it's hard to find. But no, Forrester 1910 is one of the best you can get. Have you been doing any bourbon heritage month drinking, Corey?
1: I've done a little bit, but I have to say it hasn't been every day. I've been a bad Be Sober member. Um, you know how it goes sometimes. But um, I, I think that my favorite bourbon that I've had so far, well, besides the mint juleps that we had of course on the kentucky derby which has been which was of course in september this year um i had the um we pulled out a bottle of the james e pepper which is quite tough to get around here i think it's fairly rare i don't see it on the stores i'm not as much hunting after these as david and austin are but um it is unique to me, um, and it really stands out on my shelf. I don't bring it out that much, but it's kind of like what you were saying, Austin, about your Old Forester pick. Every time I have it, I'm reminded about how unique it is and how much I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, that's a great pick. Um, definitely our good my good bro- friend and brother, Nathan, has been recommending that for years at Oak Point. Um, I think for me, my favorite has to be we did a the wilderness trail zoom was in september right yeah Mm -hmm. that was a week and a half ago so that was by far my favorite um we did the wilderness trail zoom with some of the brand ambassadors haley and jared and drinking those with them oh man that was just the best experience that was so
2: shameless plug i have an episode coming out with them very soon in the next couple weeks so Keep a lookout for that.
0: <laughs> More shameless plug. You'll hear an episode with them and us in maybe a month or two. So they're fantastic. Wilderness they're Trail. Awesome. They, they hit the Louisiana markets in the last two weeks, and they have just blown up here. They've been very, very happy with the sales so far, apparently. And we're trying to push for it because, honestly, we want a barrel from them. So we got to get those sales numbers up.
1: Yeah, you know, they said this in the Zoom, but that distillery is out of Danville, Kentucky, which is... Um, not really in the main part of the bourbon, the bourbon area in Kentucky. It's a little on the side, but I'm happened to be driving through there in a few weeks and I think I'm going to make a little pit stop.
0: I know you will because you promised me you picked it up that <laughs> six year. So I will
1: do my best David.
0: I, I expect nothing less from my best friend. <laughs>
1: So we're, um, we are going, you know, I'm from Louisville. We've talked about this before Um, and I, my parents are still up there and I get back to Kentucky fairly frequently, probably three or four times a year on average. And so we are actually going out to enjoy one of Kentucky's many state parks in southeastern Kentucky and on the drive from Louisville to Pine Mountain, where we're going, drives us straight through the heart of bourbon country. And I think we're just going to make some pit stops on the way there and probably some pit stops on the way back. It'll be a good trip.
0: That's going to be dangerous for me because I know I will be Venmo you a lot of money. (laughs) And if my wife is listening, which I know she is, I'm so sorry. Please don't kick me out.
1: But they're all gifts, David, right?
0: All gifts for other people. You got to take advantage of the fact that you're going through Kentucky. I
1: agree. I agree. All
0: right. Awesome. I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. You've been a member from the beginning. You know, We launched back June of 2019. How did you get it? A, how did you find us first off? the society, but B, how did you get into bourbon to begin with?
2: So I'll start with how I got into bourbon. Um, back in college, in sophomore year, as soon as I can actually, you know, easily get alcohol. Uh, I got 21, in 21. When course. I was 21, right, of course. Um, I got into craft beer, and I was looking around for a craft beer podcast, and I found one, it, you know, it was great, and then I found out they have a crossover with a YouTube channel, and so I started watching that YouTube channel. They do a bunch of random things. Um, and then they did an episode with the Whiskey Tribe on YouTube. And then I found the Whiskey Tribe. And from there, you know, the nerd in me was like, okay, there's, there's a lot more going into whiskey and bourbon specifically than there is in craft beer. So I jumped into that, bought a bunch of bottles that I probably shouldn't have bought while I was in college and fell in love with it specifically bourbon scotch I was kind of iffy about I'm it's growing on me now but same (laughs) but I uh so I got into bourbon and then I had no being in college I had no one to talk about uh talk about bourbon with because they all all my friends were drinking you know Bud Light and all that so I started an Instagram decided to start a podcast and through Instagram really I was searching I found out about bourbon societies in general so I was searching around and found Be Sober. And I thought it'd be a perfect fit.
0: Yeah. I mean, you were a resident junior of that group <laughs> for a very long time till we finally got a kid who just turned 21 and he joined, thanks to his dad. But, you know, we're glad that you found us, first off. We're glad that you're, you've are you been a steady member from this, this whole time. It's been a lot of fun.
2: Oh, it's been great. I actually have, you know, people that I can talk to in person about bourbon now. It's awesome.
1: It's a good community.
0: Yeah, I would say it's a great community. I mean, granted, I'm a little biased, but... <laughs> Anyways, so uh, what else do we want to talk about today, Austin, while we're here? I know we got to get you going soon, but anything else you want to talk about? What about your podcast? Any exciting episodes coming up soon?
2: Yeah, so I've been doing uh, quite a few interviews with uh, some smaller distillers, uh, many of which we've done uh, Zooms with through Be Sober. And those episodes are coming out slowly. I also have a series going on about the engineering behind whiskey and going through the step by step in the process and kind of going a little bit deeper into the the science of it. Uh, so that's that uh, series is going on as well. But other than that, you can find me on uh, Instagram at bourbonearing. My podcast is the Bourboneering podcast, and it should be on most of your podcast players. Uh, and if you're in the local area and you're not a member of Be Sober yet, you definitely need to join that.
1: Okay, final question, Austin. Going forward the next half of September, I'm assuming you've planned out some of your uh picks. What are you most looking forward to?
2: Um so I made the mistake of doing a lot of my uh great bottles at the beginning. Same. <laughs> uh so I was going through all the bottles I already had and there was only I only had twenty nine different bourbons. So I had to go find something else. So I went to I just got a Costco membership, fun fact. So, I went to Costco and picked up uh, Cooper's Craft, which is the only one I haven't on the list that I haven't had before. Okay. So, I don't know what to expect, but it's new. So, we'll see. It'll be a genuine, you know, my first time i ever had it. So Costco
1: be is definitely full of surprises. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And their bourbon is quite cheap there. But, yeah. Shop local, Austin. Let's stop shop <laughs> local. Well, we appreciate you for stopping by today, sir. Um, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for talking a little bit of Heritage with us. And definitely check out Austin bourbon Airing or at bourbon Airing Instagram as podcast, check out the bur- hashtag be sober bourbon 30 to see his posts and all our other members posts. You can see
1: what um, Austin thinks about his Costco bourbon.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Thank y'all for having me. All right, everybody. That was Austin with bourbon Airing podcast.
1: David, what is Austin's name in the bourbon society? What is his nickname?
0: I'm going to be honest, I don't know if he wants me to share this with you, (laughs) but I do call him the kid, and that's kind of taken off with everybody. I mean, our median age is like probably 35 to 40, and he's 24, so we make fun of him a lot for that.
1: I will say that Austin has super impressed me, despite his young age, with um, his bourbon knowledge and his, I think, his curiosity as well. Um, But
0: Definitely. I mean, if I was where he was at 24, I mean... I'm blown away about how his, how much he's dived into bourbon and how Same. much he's searched it.
1: So after we interviewed him, we talked about, um, you know, bourbon and, um, you know, how he got into it a little bit off the record. And he was telling us something quite funny about the nature of his hangovers. What, do you remember what that was, David?
0: I do, Corey. He was saying <laughs> how given, you know, he could drink bourbon all night and not worry at all about a hangover. And... And I,
1: I laughed and I said, okay, well, um, we'll see you in five years when you don't feel that way anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, you're 30, I'm 32. It's a bit harder to drink all night and not feel anything in the morning.
1: I'm 31, David. It's okay. I My mistake, Corey. I'm, I'm so sure sorry. I look younger um, than I seem, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a
0: compliment, if anything. I'll take it that way. Yeah. So, anyways... Do you want to talk any more about Bourbon Heritage Month?
1: I do. So, you know, Bourbon Heritage Month is really interesting to me. I think a lot of people might say, like, oh, it's just a way to get people to talk about bourbon. But, you know, bourbon is such a big deal in Kentucky. And especially since I left Kentucky about 12 years ago, it has just outrageously grown i mean the growth in the sector has been incredible it's brought a lot of tourism dollars to kentucky which kentucky definitely needed especially Mm -hmm. um you know post 2008 2009 financial crisis Mm. um and it's really been neat to see how you know being from louisville and and i know that other cities have done this as well but especially in louisville what i've seen as how the city has really embraced this bourbon heritage and leaned in and and you know there's so many places that are doing cool things, cool bars, cool restaurants. Um and it's this really interesting deep south meets midwest meets bourbon heritage and it makes yeah. it just such a unique place.
0: It really sounds I mean it just sounds amazing. You know, they're, they're What's so cool about bourbon is that it is the native spirit of America. Yeah, you know that is what we're known for all across the globe. You know, it's Coca Cola and it's bourbon.
1: (laughs) We should celebrate its history.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, and I, I love how Louisville and Kentucky are just diving into that. They're honoring you know the past and trying to push it forward to the 21st century
1: absolutely you know even i was in um this this past summer i went into to lexington with um a girlfriend we were wedding dress shopping actually for her um and lexington is a really cool little city that is sort of the eastern edge of the bourbon movement area like where all the distilleries are and lexington has leaned in as well we had lunch at this place and I mean, it was a pretty casual restaurant, and I think it had 50 bourbons on the menu.
0: I would love to walk into any restaurant boundary region and find it having 50 bourbons, because that doesn't, that very rarely exists down here. It's hard
1: here. It is quite tough. You know, Austin, earlier, when we interviewed him, was talking about how it can be hard to find 30 bourbons to taste over the days of September, and I think maybe if, if we have an audience in Kentucky, you might find that surprising because that's really not the case um, in most of Kentucky. But it certainly is here. You know, it's hard to find quality, unique bourbons across different brands. Um, and David, you know, who spends a lot of time sourcing different bourbons and, and he's our um, barrel yeah. expert as well uh, knows a lot more about that than I do. But you know, most of the time I I remember when I first moved here and of course this was many years ago now, almost a decade. And I thought that Blanton's would just be like the easiest thing to go find at a liquor store, which by the way, in Louisiana, alcohol is mostly sold in grocery stores, not liquor stores, Mm -hmm. unlike Kentucky. And um, I was like, David, I can't find Blanton's. Can you find Blanton's? And I believe you laughed in my face.
0: I did. Well, again, this wasn't 10 years ago. This was like four years ago when we met.
1: Okay, fair. fair.
0: And 10 years ago, if you walked into any grocery store, you could find Blanton's. Four years ago, though, you couldn't because of the whole bourbon Renaissance and demand. I mean, when you think about it this way, we call it the Renaissance because demand has increased exponentially. Almost not every year since, but in the last 15 years, the first five was exponential growth. And they're still expanding 10%, 20% growth year on, year in. Rye, oh my goodness. When you look at the rye, which we're not, rye here, but rye growth in the last 10 years has actually been more than bourbon even. Really? We're we're talking like 200% growth per year for the last 10 years, which is why you have so much more rye now. But um, it is interesting that we don't, even though there is this huge demand for bourbon, we're still the number one thing that we sell in baton rouge is crown royal the number two <laughs> is jack daniels you know i not laugh i'm sorry I, that is this time and place in college i was all about crown and jack unfortunately but now trying to find good quality bourbon it's easy but it's very tough at the same sense you can walk in any grocery store and find maker's mark some knob creek some jim beam Plus variations of all those, some Four Roses, and but there's not going to be by any means the variety that you have in Kentucky. You know, we don't get all the mid-range distilleries. You know, I mentioned it, Wilderness Trail. This is a distillery that's a mid-range in Louisiana. I mean, mid-range in Kentucky, they put out, um, what was it, like 40 barrels a day or 200 barrels a day, some, uh, you know, which is not the 1,000 barrels a day that Jim Beam can put out, but it's still a mid-range you know they have.
1: They've seen a lot of growth. They were saying, "What was it? Two barrels a day at the beginning, yeah. I believe."
0: So I mean, they're obviously huge at this point for them. We got that two weeks ago. We were able to finally get that in our market. You know, they have a problem they can expand nationwide. It just takes forever for all those to come to Louisiana. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, the same thing. Rabbit Hole is another mid-range distillery out of Louisville that Corey introduced me to a couple of years ago. We've only had that for a few months now.
1: Yeah. One of the quite cool things that I thought about rabbit hole was when I actually visited it, when I was in Louisville, the um, distillery there is intentionally um, transparent. And I mean that literally the walls are actually clear. So you can see how things process and go through the plant. And as a scientist um, in my day job, I really appreciated that and found it very fascinating.
0: Mm -hmm. So that's just, I mean, I'm not complaining because we do get some bourbon that other states don't get, like you know, there's still 25 states that don't have a Wilderness Trail. So, but at the same sense, please send us more. We're Louisiana. We drink more than probably 45 <laughs> other states in the union.
1: The state of the drive-through daiquiri.
0: Exactly. So, um, I do any really wish we have more bourbon on the shelves, though.
1: Yeah, it is. As Austin said, it can be tough to find 30 great bourbons, and I'm not talking expensive. I'm talking interesting yeah just middle range you
0: know i would argue that the 30 to 60 dollar price range in bourbon there's so much complexity within that that's so much fun in that i agree and it's just you know you can go and buy all the types of evan williams white you can buy all the types of heaven hill all the bottom label label stuff but you can't find the unique 30 to 60 price range in the state it's harder
1: So whenever I first met David, I guess probably about five years ago now, four or five years ago, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as we, we pretty quickly got to talking about bourbon and realized we both really loved bourbon. And, um, you know, at that time, I think maybe I had had two or three whiskeys in my whole life and never enjoyed them, you know, gross like shots at the bar and stuff. Um, and David, you actually were the first person to give me a whiskey that I quite liked, um, but you were also the first person to expand my bourbon horizons. I was very set in my way is you said your college bourbon was crown or your college whiskey, I guess, yeah. was crown. Um, my college bourbon, the main thing I drank was Evan Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was just the easy, cheap thing. Yeah. And I went to school in Wisconsin. Um, FYI, not that that matters, but you know, Evan Williams was always on the shelf there. Yeah. And, I mean, it's uh, on the shelf everywhere. That's yeah. the
0: beauty of Evan Williams.
1: Yeah, and yeah, decent for a $18 bottle or a yeah. $16 bottle.
0: Or were you drinking like Evan Williams White or Black or Green?
1: Yeah, it was the white label.
0: Yeah, that's the four-year Ball and bond, I believe. Yeah. So I use that for a lot of mixing and a lot of cooking. My You don't eat it, but I know your husband loves my candied bourbon bacon. I use Evan he Williams does. White.
1: Yeah, he's a big fan.
0: Mm-hmm. So again... Bourbon Heritage Month is this month. We I know yeah, are, by the time you listen to this, it's going to be halfway through the month. But I'm hoping that y'all have been able to enjoy it a little bit, got to celebrate it. Hopefully you maybe read a blog or something, learned something new about bourbon this month.
1: If you want to celebrate with us, we encourage you to follow us on social media. Um, and you might ha- get something out of it if you tag us with your favorite bourbon picks during the month. Um, You know, whether you're in Louisiana or not, or a part of the bourbon society or not,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um, you know, we are all about promoting that bourbon love. And if you participate because you heard us in the podcast, just let us know. David, what is our social media handles?
0: So we have two handles right now on Instagram. We have bonded by at bonded by bourbon, which is our actual podcast. And then we also have just the bourbon society BR, which is our bourbon society Baton Rouge handle um you know we both use them interchangeably depending on what we're pushing for but tag us in either one of them and we'll find you
1: yeah we recently got an um, extremely large shipment of Glen cairns branded with the be sober logo um shipped to us from scotland and um you know we might be willing to i don't know share the love on those uh if you share the love to us
0: yeah i mean Glen cairns samples Hats. We got all sorts of cool stuff we that sure want to do. be donating. We sure do. And we still got some of the Syrup de Saison that we'll be donating as well in the next few weeks. For So definitely pay attention to our social media because we are about to run a mint julep contest.
1: Yeah. If you heard our last episode, Syrup de Saison is this awesome simple syrup. You know, it's Louisiana-based. And I find in Louisiana that the sugar-based things here, you know, they all have this cane flavor. And it's a really unique, almost... I don't know, smoky taste that is so up and a far above your regular granulated mm-hmm. sugar. I mean, it is just delicious. And uh, Syrup de on yeah. really takes advantage of that taste.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very rich and sweet. And it just takes all your drinks up to another level. So we'll be giving away some of that later this month with our mint julep contest. So check your, ha- check your Instagram. And the Bourbon Society page, and we'll post all about that. So
1: Another thing that that sugar, that cane sugar, makes awesome in Louisiana is rum. And if you stick around, you might hear a rum episode from us eventually, too. A rum? We're
0: bonded by bourbon.
1: David, I love rum, and I think you know that. Um, I love a good agricole in the summer, so I know we're quickly leaving summertime but you know maybe we've got something coming up in the future
0: you know we might you know we do have several fantastic distilleries in louisiana and some of our best friends run a distillery in Gonzales. That's so true. we'll see we might be able to get them so once again thank you for listening to bonded by bourbon this is david
1: this is Corey. and we'll see you next time thanks for sticking around
0: coming up this fall on bonded by bourbon
1: David and I have a top three for bourbon. Uh, Our top three each is very different. We're talking about an affordable bourbon, a mid-range bourbon, and a very unique bourbon.
0: You know, we might even delve into some scotch, Corey.
1: Well, I would be into that. We've got a few distilleries coming up. They're gonna talk to us and tell us about their distilling process, and they've got some interesting things to say.
0: Yep, so stay tuned and we'll see you next time.